Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! (laughs) Welcome to the Horse Talk Show, presented this hour by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, broadcasting from Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Paulette Stout, my co-host, is out tonight. We have a great show lineup. We miss her. Hi, Paulette out there. Hope you're listening. Uh, I'm going to start off with some news, and we've got some great guests coming up as well on the show. BZ Madden will semi-retire from high-performance sport following the 2020 Olympic Games, which will be held July 24th to August 9th in Tokyo. Going forward, uh, BZ, who's 56, of New York, will focus instead on developing horses and riders to the championship level. Uh, She's, of course, uh, an icon in the sport. Uh, within the horses she has now, uh, they're 100% committed to doing the best they can to make the team and go to Tokyo. After Tokyo, things are going to change a little bit. Uh, some of those horses most likely will be available to be bought. Uh, she won't just stop riding them, of course, she'll just keep them going. Uh, in the meantime, she's looking for young horses to develop, and they'll be looking for those before Tokyo because they want to have some horses to bring along. Um, So she's very much going to continue in the sport, just not uh, at the competition level. So uh, Tokyo will be exciting. It'll be the the swan song. This will be her fifth Olympic Games, uh, a championship career that spans 12 World Cup finals, four Pan American Games, and three World Equestrian Games. You can't really beat that. Uh, She's accomplished so very much. She does love the competition, but the logistics of staying at the top and ranking up there Uh, as well as training and moving on to focus on the young horses up and coming is quite exhausting. So we wish her all the best. She's based in Wellington, Florida, where she was based here in Ocala. Maybe we can change that. Uh, But we'll be very excited to see her carry on in a slightly different direction. I'm very excited as we are watching now uh, towards the Saudi Cup, the first ever inaugural, uh, a 12-horse contingent of American runners including the famed Maximum Security, who was the first horse uh, to be disqualified from an infra- for an infraction in the Kentucky Derby, uh, McKinsey, Midnight Bisou, Mucho Gusto, and Tacitus. I have met all of those horses personally. I wish them the best of luck. Um, they have arrived safely uh, in Saudi Arabia in advance of the February 29th Saudi Cup and its supporting races. Photographs and videos posted to social media showed the Americans settling into their new surroundings uh, at the King Abdulaziz racetrack as they prepare uh, for this very lucrative stakes with the Saudi Cup topping $20 million. That's a ton of money. Uh, They will be joined in the coming days by other international horses and it will draw a very deep field. We should see a very, very exciting run there by maximum security a last out winner of the cigar mile handicap and last year's champion three-year-old male in north america is slightly favored with our british bookies in the early wagering so it'll be very exciting to watch that race wish i was there uh, saudi cup reps tweeted that garrett service an assistant to maximum security's trainer jason service was pleased with how the colt had done on his flight to saudi arabia 
he traveled very well. And uh, apparently uh, Riley Mott, assistant Bill Mott, also commented that Tacitus, the colt, was settling in well. So all very exciting as we follow that uh, close up to February the 29th. Uh, in a little, uh, a kind of a cute little story on social media, um, a Michigan woman shared a tale of her recent American Airlines flight with her miniature service horse. Uh, the equine lover hopes uh, that the first ever flight won't be his last. However, the DOT has proposed a ban to restrict and limit service and emotional support animals to only trained service dogs. How dare they exclude the horse, I say. On February 7th, Ronica Froese flew from Gerald R. Ford International Airport in Michigan uh, to Dallas-Fort Worth with the final destination of Ontario uh, Airport in California. It was no ordinary journey. Uh, she had her uh, miniature horse, Fred, in tow and was in first class. Apparently, airplane employees and airport employees were incredibly kind, so wonderful that even the pilot wanted a picture with Fred. Hopefully, he had autopilot on during the photo. Uh, apparently, it was a wonderful trip. She purchased two first class seats in the bulkhead seating, uh, paid an arm and a leg for them, but she wanted Fred's first time on a plane to be very comfortable. Apparently, even if the DOT does announce uh, this uh, restriction, uh, it will still be up to the individual airlines if they allow uh, miniature horses and other emotional support animals on board. So we're certainly hoping they do. Uh, gonna switch it up a little bit and bring it here to Ocala and talk a little bit about the upcoming parade. Of course, Live Oak International is March the 5th to the 8th, a premier equestrian event here in Ocala with combined driving and Grand Prix jumping. We uh, here at the CEP uh, March 7th are going to have an incredible parade downtown. Got some photos to share with you from last year's parade, uh, an absolutely incredible event. This event is actually presented by Live Oak International uh, and supporting sponsors. Uh, we have Miller & Sons Plumbing, Everglades Equipment, Gold's Gym, uh, Mid-Florida Credit Union, uh, and some other great supporters, Bank Street Patio Bar, the City of Ocala, the Chamber of Commerce here. I'm um, going to show you some incredible horses, 50 to 70 different horses from at least 45 different breeds from in and around the Ocala Metro will be showcased on the downtown square. We'll also have the historic stagecoach. The Budweiser Clydesdales will be here for their grand finale. Should be an absolutely incredible event. The Horse Capital Parade showing off everything uh, that we have to show off here as to why we're the horse capital of the world um, should be absolutely beautiful. All free uh, to the general public. One o'clock, the vendor village will be open. We'll have a meet a horse, make a friend zone uh, and stagecoach rides on the downtown square. We'll also have a beer garden. Tax Shack of Ocala will be there. We'll have some good little snacks and things for sale. Everything there will be free as far as admission goes. Harnessing will start at around 2.30 at the downtown market where you can watch the historic stagecoach and the Budweiser Clydesdales getting ready. Uh, the parade will begin at 4.30 and will be over by about 5.40. We should see the grand finale on the square by about 5.30, all happening on March 7th in downtown Ocala. Should be an absolutely incredible event. We hope that you'll come and join us. Coming up on the show, uh, we've got a segment with Dr. Adam Kayot from Peterson and Smith. We have Tom Struzieri from this past Sunday 
CEO and president of HITS, uh, will be joining us from the Grand Prix uh, this past Sunday, the Ocala Electric Grand Prix. Also, Kristen Vanderveen, winner of the Ocala Electric Grand Prix uh, this past weekend. Um, we're going to follow that up with Olympic gold medalist Will Simpson, also uh, from the HITS Post Time Farm. Closing it out with Matt Gage, our horse talk show farrier, is going to do an introduction uh, to you learning a little bit about the basics of the horse's hoof. We're going to close it out there with him for the end of the show, and uh, we hope you enjoy it as it all comes up now on the horse talk show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Are you ready for 10 weeks of excitement for the hit Socala Winter Circuit? Whether you've made Hitsokala your home away from home for the season, or you're just joining us for a few weeks, we're excited to have you. Spectators can look forward to great season highlights, including bi-weekly Grand Prix and a season pass for only $20. Find your top game at Hitsokala this winter. For more information, hitshows.com. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. This show is brought to you in part by Tack Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars and more. Tack Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton with the Horse Talk Show, and we're here at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital in Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. Uh, I have a guest here with me, Dr. Adam Kayot from the hospital here. We're going to talk a little bit about smoke inhalation. Obviously, been a really big concern in the very disastrous Australian bushfires. Seen a lot of animals rushing from uh, terrible hot fires, and obviously, a lot of the horses were affected uh, with smoke inhalation. So, um, a good question to ask, Dr. Kayot, to start with. Is is um, what's the best thing to do if your horse is in or around a barn fire or any kind of a fire really and, and inhales a lot of smoke and what kind of things should you look for and how do you know how serious the inhalation is? Right, well, that's a good question. Um, so if, if, if your horse is around a barn fire, obviously the, the main point is to get them away from it as best you can open the doors you know don't try not to run into the fire that's not a good thing to do um obviously and then but then you have to worry about smoke inhalation um <clears throat> so if, it, if it's if it's serious and they're and they're close to the fire you know you can have burning of the lungs you can have scarring of uh you know the 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 respiratory system and the respiratory tract that can all lead to chronic problems down the line and I would liken it to a an acute onset of COPD or a heavy kind of situation because that's what happens in COPD but it happens over a long period of time it's a it's a constant 
um, irritation of the of the um, the um, respiratory tract that develops scarring in the lungs, and then they are not able to uh, exchange oxygen as efficiently as they were before. So, same thing can happen in a smoke smoky environment, even if you're not in, um, say, a barn fire immediately on your farm or whatever. But even some of these wildfires that we've had, are, you know, around central Florida, you know, I've been here 18 years. I can remember several cases of there were wildfires and uh, the smoke would drift, you know, into our area. And certainly horses that already have COPD are going to really struggle with that and and you you try to you know as best you can avoid that exposure to the smoke um if if they if they are particularly sensitive to it and they haven't shown signs of respiratory distress before because of some chronic problem it can kind of throw them into a, an episode um <clears throat> so the way you tell is you look at the horse, you know, you, it, how's the horse breathing? Is it breathing normally? Is it, is it, is respiratory rate increased? Is the respiratory effort increased? Meaning they're having to actively inhale or exhale, you know, and you're, and you're seeing them, their um, abdominal cavity typically heave. And, and that's where that name comes from. Um, and, then, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I can listen to the lungs and listen to the sounds that are coming from the lungs. And all that gives, um, you know, um, gives you an idea of how, how they're affected. If you wanted to get more on a, on a you know, on a, a smaller scale, but a laboratory based, you know, you could certainly do a, a blood oxygen. But that tends to you'd have to have the horse at more of a clinic because the oxygen would Dis it dissipates out of the blood quickly. So. And I was actually going to ask you, at what point do you know that your horse might need hospitalization and maybe to be brought into the clinic? Well, that, that would go with, you know, a, a good physical exam, you know, by the attending veterinarian. If this horse is in significant respiratory distress, which, you know, they are horses are typically very um, it's pretty easy to tell because they are struggling they aren't they aren't um, quiet or calm if they're just breathing hard but they're standing calmly then you're probably okay but if they're really having an effort and they're they're um, they have almost a, like an anxiety you can you can tell um, then that's a uh, um, a situation that you would consider an emergency and you know and 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 it may be that they just need to get into a, a, a climate controlled area um or they might have to have like a tracheostomy or something like that 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 uh, allows them to breathe easier um is there anything you can do for the horse while you're waiting for your veterinarian to come if your horse has inhaled a lot of smoke well, there's not a lot. You, I mean, obviously, anti-inflammatories you can try. Um, you know, if you have any of those on hand, banamine, steroid, dexamethasone, any of those things to decrease the initial um, inflammation that occurs or the irritation. Any of those things um, will help. Obviously, try to get them in a space where they aren't exposed to the smoke. So if you can get them inside away from it to where it's not, you know, not as prevalent, that's great. 
and you know if you're lucky enough to even have an air-conditioned area that you can put them in that's of course ideal um, but there aren't too many of those places out there so um, but but that's what you can try to do um, any anti-inflammatory deal to to try to decrease the body's response to this pollution basically is what it is you know. Now, as far as um, if a horse has been, let's say, a barn has been on fire or, or for example, in Australia, there was nowhere for them to go to get away from it because everything was on fire. Um, is the outcome, you know, generally good? And is it something that a veterinarian can get under control fairly quickly once he gets to the horse? Um, or can it be a fatality if it's I'm sure it can be if it's extreme, right? Certainly, absolutely, yeah, it can be. It can go in any different directions. If, if this horse was on the cusp of cusp of having um, respiratory problems just from being like a COPD horse, then those horses can be pushed, you know, over the edge, so to speak. Depending on how severe that, how much, um, you know, how much smoke they did inhale, how hot it was, did they inhale flames or that sort of thing, and, and, and the damage that gets done to the, to the respiratory tract. It's difficult to tell acutely. Certainly, you can scope the horse and look at the look at the respiratory tract from basically the head down to the bifurcation at the lung. But one, but what you can't see is the little you know bronchioles that are in the lung tree itself and how damaged those are. That won't show up acutely. Typically, that takes a while to show signs, unless you have some kind of bleeding or that sort of thing that that you may be able to see and that that would give you some indication that it's more serious but um you know it's uh it's kind of a wait and see and some horses will recover just fine and you know go through it but ones that are kind of on the edge are gonna you know that it could push them over and then you have a problem for the rest of their life if they if they make it so if you have a horse that commonly has the heaves, that horse is obviously going to be compromised much faster than a horse that does not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's just 10 times, 100 times the, the pollutants or the irritants in the air that they have a hard time with, you know, just humidity and summer pollen, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's actually really been tragic to watch the uh, the pictures and stories we've seen from Australia. Lots of prayers and thoughts out to everybody connected. It seems they have had some rain now, uh, thankfully. So uh, hopefully uh, that situation is going to improve. I'm here with uh, Dr. Adam Kayot at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital in Ocala. And I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal, like jockey and horse, Shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All-in removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All-in removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 for the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. When you bring your taxes to Liberty Tax, we'll handle it. No matter what you throw at us, no matter what you need, no matter what, and we're so confident we'll do a great job, you'll want to bring us your friends, your family, 
your loved ones, your neighbors, your co-workers. You may even want to bring us everyone in the world. But please don't. We're not staffed for that. Liberty Tax. Bring it. We'll handle it. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at Hits Post Time Farm for the 200,000 Ocala Electric Grand Prix today. It's been very exciting. Uh, incredible course design by Olaf Peterson today. We've uh, watched some young horses gain a lot of experience. Um, some older horses do very well and some incredible rounds today. I'm here now with the CEO and President of Hits, Tom Strazieri. We're going to chat a little bit about some of the Hits changes this year. Tom, it's lovely to have you back with us. Oh, thanks, Louisa. It's always a pleasure. Tell us a little bit about the Grand Prix today. It was fantastic. Well, we had 42 or 44. It was a, a, good, a good crowd and a great class. Um, you know, a good winner, Kristen Vanderveen, you know, a girl who, um, who's been knocking on the door the last few weeks for, for sure and has won a lot of international classes in the last couple of years. Up-and-coming young star, so we're excited to see her win. We had a good, a good um, field. You know, when you get to these horse shows, especially the middle of the circuit, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, so the course builder has to be clever and make sure that no one gets really overfaced and yet still pick out the winner, uh, which I think uh, um, Olaf did a pretty good job of that today. I think every, every rider I've talked to said that, that it was a great, challenging course for young horses, but not too much. At the same time, it, it brought the jump off down to eight or nine, and, and that was fantastic. It was a great mix. Yeah, just right. And so, you know, we're getting these horses ready for our, for our big class in, in five weeks, right? So uh, this is a good prep for that. that that'll be a, a great class, uh, the million-dollar uh, Great American class. So this is a good tune-up for many of them. Now talk about the prize money. Everybody's excited about the prize money this year. Well, you know, I, as you know, I, I've, and normally I do two circuits in the winter, and, and I don't do the California circuit anymore. And so I figured since I'm going to be here the whole time, I want to attract some of the best riders in the world. And I think we've done it with the prize money. So this is our main focus. Ocala is really our, our home, or certainly our winter home, uh, for hits. And so uh, we thought we'd, we'd step up the game a little bit here. And I'm really pleased with the results. A lot of great riders are, are planning to come here or are already here. So good results for the money. And it doesn't always work that way, so I'm pleased that it did. I keep seeing on social media more people from Wellington coming here, wanting to be here, and, and the incredible facility you have. Selling last year out on the East Coast to a, another great show organizer uh, and focusing all your efforts here. I've seen a lot of things changing. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. You know, we're, we're, uh, we've been here since uh, I started my Florida circuit in 1982. Eight, so it's a long time. In Gainesville. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I've been here a long time. And, uh, you know, we have the only sanctioned horse shows in the winter, uh, you know, north of... Uh, North of Palm Beach, so it's 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 a big deal. Uh, our sanctioning means a lot for these ten weeks, and we plan on doing this forever. It's exciting stuff. Yes, 1982 in Gainesville, and now here in Ocala for such a long time. Best show circuit in the United States of America by far. Adding prize money here in Ocala, bringing more people in. Really exciting. It's really exciting. What do you see the future? Just more growth. I think more growth. This this particular week we were sold out. You know, we're over here at the stadium with a. The, certainly the high-performance riders are, but on the other side of the street where the bulk of the horse show is, we were completely sold out this week. So we had two or three weeks this year that are sold out. Uh, we're about 20% bigger than last year. Of course, some of that is because of the prize money, but still, uh, that kind of growth really makes me think that I can really do some pretty exciting things in the, few, in the next few years. And looking forward to, to March, to the Ocala Grand Prix, and then to the, to the One Million uh, Grand Prix, the Great American Grand Prix here. Exciting things coming. The new season pass I love. Yeah, you know, 
our our goal is really not to raise a lot of a lot of money at the gate, but to get a crowd here. So hopefully that's getting people here more often. And you buy you buy a pass for twenty dollars, you can come all ten weeks if you want. So that has been popular and that's worked out well. Very exciting. Any last thing you'd like to add, Tom? Well, we're excited about uh, this year for sure. Really excited about the growth, and I think that impacts the whole community. You know, when they can when we can put people, we put uh, heads in beds and 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 get Marion County seeing the results of a, a circuit like this. Uh, it's a win for everybody. And can I just say that HITS uh, actually adds over $100 million to our economy in a year. So that's absolutely amazing considering they're only here for four months of that year. That's a huge impact on Ocala and we're certainly very glad you're here. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, we appreciate you very much as always. Uh, CEO and president of HITS, that is Horse Shows in the Sun, here in Ocala at Post Time Farm. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. Hits returns to Post Time Farm for the 39th annual Hits Ocala Winter Circuit, featuring even more hunter and jumper competition in the horse capital of the world. Spectators can look forward to even bigger Grand Prix taking place every Sunday. Tickets are available for only $10 or purchase a season pass for just $20. The season pass grants admission for one adult to all 10 Sunday Grand Prix at Hits Post Time Farm. This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at InnovaWellnessSpa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at Hits Post Time Farm. We're here for the $200,000 Ocala Electric Grand Prix. It's been a very exciting day. We've seen top 40 riders or so out here competing in quite a tough competition. Uh, some have said very good for young horses, a great, uh, a great course, incredible course design by Olaf P Peterson. Now we're going to talk to the winner, which I think we should talk to. Uh, that is Kristen Vanderveen. Kristen, tell us about, uh, about today. What an exciting day. You rode two horses, right? Yes, um, it was an exciting day. I thought Olaf did a really nice job with the course. Um, I thought he had a great number clear where we had a fun jump off and could really have fun going fast. But um, it was nice that the time falters and still a, somebody with a rail got a ribbon. It was very competitive. Incredible. Now, um, tell us about the two horses that you competed on today. Uh, the one that went today is my longtime partner, Faustino de Tilly. We call him Frosty. And I've had him, oh man, probably five years I've been riding him. So today is just a cherry on the top. Everything he does for me now at this point in our career is uh, it's just extra. It's fun. Um, he's been second here for the last two weeks in the past uh, $100,000 Grand Prix. So it was fun to, uh, to pull through today. And Come in and clean up on the big one. 
<laughs> it worked out nicely. Now tell us about your horse you came fifth on today. Um, his name is Almighty. I've had him for a couple years, and I've been developing him. Um, he's showing now up to five-star FEI level. I'm very excited about him, um, but he's one of my sale horses that uh, will probably be finding a new home uh, this year. But uh, he was unbelievable in the jump off. I had a bit of a mistake on my part, but he went flying. <laughs> he made up for it, huh? He always does. <laughs> now talk a little bit uh, about, uh, there's a couple jumps here. There was one particular one over here that you made a very sharp turn. I noticed I had to take a deep breath for you. Um, any kind of nerves or apprehension as you made that turn? And I thought, oh my gosh, is she going to make it? And it was beautiful. Uh, well, that's the benefit of having Frosty for so long. I trust him so much and uh, we think the same at this point. So he's always really quick, especially off that left turn. So I knew that was a place where I could take a chance and make up some extra time. Time. So um, he, he was a superstar. <laughs> I held my breath as you went over that one. I was like, <gasps> well, that was brave. But yes, you're right. A long time horse, five years. You certainly have that relationship. Talk about your mentors as you're, you're a younger rider um, than many people competing, still uh, much older. Uh, talk about some of your mentors, some of the people who you've kind of followed and learned a lot from. Yeah, actually, um, I've had a bit of a different path than most riders. I went on my own when I was 18 and I've been doing it on my own. So um, in that sense, I've learned a lot of how to develop my own style off of feeling in different horses, and that's been fantastic. Um, of course, watching at the top level of the sport is uh, very important. Uh, I really always enjoy watching BZ and Kent. Um, you know, Kent's great, he's super fast, I think that's great. And BZ is just so consistent. Um, so it's, it's great to watch and see warm-up styles, in-the-ring styles, um, and for me, I've enjoyed having the freedom of being on my own and being able to pick and choose bits from each rider and, and use all of it because we can learn something from everybody. That's true, actually. You're right. And what about the prize money it hits this year? <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. It's really, they stepped it up in a big way and um, we've been very much enjoying that. It's a wonderful benefit, right? It is. It is. Any last words for um, young people coming up, learning to ride, the challenges of the sport, things that you've had to overcome, any tips that you can give? Um, I would say just, just keep being consistent and keep, keep doing what you're doing, really. The sport has a lot of up and downs, and so days like today are great, uh, and they're super high, but um, we have plenty of other days where we have an unlucky rail where we had the rub. So um, I think it's just important to stay level-headed and consistent and just keep doing what you know to do. And it seems that you have a bond with your horses. Oh, thank you. Um, I really do, and I really love them. I try and um, I find that if the horses want to do their job, they fight extra hard for you. So I try and get to know each one of them and, and do it the way that they enjoy the most, and then they fight extra hard for me. I saw that right away from talking to you. Kristen Vanderveen, thank you. Congratulations. Incredible ride today. Well done. Thank well you done. So much. Uh, here at Hits Post Time Farm for the Horse Talk Show, I'm Louisa Barton.
Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab. You're switched on. You're a bit of all right. Yes. <laughs> I'm Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show here at Hits Post Time Farm in Ocala for the 200,000 Grand Prix, the Ocala Electric Grand Prix here. Have a chance to chat to uh, Will Simpson. Will, tell us a little bit about you. I'm Will Simpson and uh, Grand Prix rider, um, father of two Grand Prix riders, and, uh, and uh, we're here in Ocala, mostly from California, spent most of my life out there, and we're, we're over here in Florida and uh, jumping for a lot of money and uh, seeing a lot of really good competition since we've been here. It's incredible. Tell us about the Grand Prix today, about the course and the course design. The course design is typical Olaf Peterson Jr. You walk the course, you think, ah, this is a piece of cake, and then it comes up and bites you in all <laughs> different areas. Why is that? Well, he's very experienced. He's uh, he has the luxury of going all over the world and designing courses for some of the best horses in the world. And it's, it's a luxury to be able to, to, uh, for us to be able to jump those kind of courses with an experienced course designer like that. So uh, it's, it's just, he's that good, that's all. It, it was a great course to, to walk, a great course to ride, and uh, a fantastic jump off to watch. Now, you mentioned California, and uh, Tom has recently, last year, sold a, a couple of West Coast uh, show facilities and is focused here now on Ocala uh, and on Hits Post Time Farm. How does that affect you, and what are your thoughts about the changes that you've seen here at Hits? Well, it was, uh, it's a nice year to come here to Ocala, I think, for all of those reasons, uh, except for the fact that I really want to support the new owners of of uh, the desert you know the, so they've done a great job i was just there looking at a horse this weekend and uh they've done a great job with the place and uh, i wish them the best and i really appreciate their efforts for us out there in california and in the meantime it's very nice to be here for for this i'm trying to qualify for the world cup final I need to need a little more a few more points so we'll try to get that going and uh, that's the way the schedule works out but um it's a very, very exciting time for show jumping. It is indeed. Talk about your horse today. My horse today was very confusing. He jumps incredible in the schooling area, jumps incredible in training, and he just, I don't know if he gets nervous, uh, what it is, but he's way up over the jumps, feels like I'm jumping 180, and he reaches down and touches the little rail, like the triple bar, little, little things like that. So. Uh, I haven't really figured it out uh, this week. I've had I've had pretty good rides here so far. One down here and there, and uh, a little bit disappointed today. But the wonderful thing about show jumping is there's another class next week. <laughs> That's true, indeed it is. Tell us, you mentioned having a couple of kids that are both uh, Grand Prix jumpers. Is that are you the coach for them, or or do you have someone else work with them? Ma, uh, mom is the coach for. For, uh, for Ty and uh, they're doing a great job. It's so incredible. She says that he's one of the best students that she's ever had. 
which is amazing for a, for a guy. It's amazing for your say it about your own as well. It's usually quite hard to teach your own. <laughs> exactly. So very very proud of that, and and uh, they're doing a great job. Lucky for Ty, he rides a lot like his mother, who's one of the prettiest riders that's ever done the sport. So uh, he and he's been at base basically out here in in uh, Wellington, and uh, and Sophie is is riding mostly on the west coast and. Her and her husband, uh, husband, uh, he, she's engaged. She's getting married in April. Oh my God! And so uh, they're doing a great job, and they, they, uh, they do all the training, and uh, they're, they're doing a great job. It's really fun to watch. So it's, uh, it's all good. Coming up in the family, amazing. What about top of your bucket list? Uh, the top of my bucket list is I want to win a Grand Prix here in Ocala <laughs> right now. <laughs> Well, we hope to see that happen, Will. Thank you so much for joining us. Any last words uh, for up-and-coming students? Any advice or tips? Well, the sport, uh, the wonderful thing about the sport, it takes a long time to learn how to do it, but you get to do it for a very long time. So it's a great sport that way. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You've got, got to hang in there. I had a really bad day today, but I know my horse can do it, and I just have to find the right keys, the right pieces of the puzzle, and we will be back next week. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Will. Really appreciate it. Here with Will Simpson here at Hits Post Time Farm in Ocala for the $200,000 uh, Ocala Electric Grand Prix. It's been a very exciting time. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second to none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family owned since 1934, manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all natural, non medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. When you bring your taxes to Liberty Tax, we'll handle it. No matter what you throw at us, no matter what you need, no matter what. And we're so confident we'll do a great job. You'll want to bring us your friends, your family your loved ones, your neighbors, your co-workers. You may even want to bring us everyone in the world. But please don't. We're not staffed for that. Liberty Tax. Bring it. We'll handle it. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. You're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, in the studio with my co-host, Top Question, Paulette Stout. And we have special guests joining us for the very first Sound Advice with Matt segment. And we're going to talk a little bit about farrier work, horses' feet, balancing, trimming, shoes. He's going to bring some shoes in for some segments that he's made himself. And we're going to talk a lot about the importance of the horse's foot. And, and obviously the reason it's important, going back to that famous expression, no, no foot, no horse, and that is so 
through. You're putting an over thousand pound animal on four little feet. And so those little feet better be right. Um, so we're going to talk off. Matt, welcome to the, uh, to the show. Thank we're going to, absolutely. It's wonderful. Um, we're going to talk about the basics of being a farrier. What a farrier actually does, we're going to kind of go to the nuts and bolts, the beginner's stuff, because we don't know what level you're at. You might be an expert. Maybe you don't need this. Maybe you're coming back into riding after years of being out. Maybe you've never been a rider. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about farrier basics. Obviously, they need to be highly skilled equine foot care professionals, uh, very physically demanding job, uh, a lot of bending over. You better have a good back. Um, core strength. <laughs> yes, core strength. Yes, yes. A lot of squats and core strength. <laughs> yes, very important. Um, talk to us a little bit about basic duties of a farrier. Um, and the basics is, if, for the beginners, is basically um, a foot is like a fingernail. It grows. So um, depending on the horse, um, the general rule is every six to eight weeks, um, seeing them going longer. But um, what we do is basically um, a horse back in the wild before they're domesticated would chip off their hooves. And um, depending on the train and the growth, they would fall out, it dissipates, uh, just kind of like how your fingernails break off. Um, but as they got domesticated, they became more re um, reliant on us. On and that so, human, that human part. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, a lot of ladies out there, some men uh, will go get um, pedicures and trim back and everything. And basically, that's kind of what we're doing. We're keeping that balance. The difference is they're load bearing on that. So what we're doing is a hoof every about six weeks, depending on the nutrition and the genetics of the horse, will grow anywhere from a quarter inch to three eighths of an inch of a hoof every six to eight weeks. It's uh, also so, seasonal and environmental too. Yes, yeah, well, true. comes into the nutrients because of um, the cold, more colder weathers. So, up in the north, where they need to use that energy and the nutrients to actually um, keep themselves warm, Stay warm. or, or yeah. kind of have more of a weight, <laughs> they're not going to put that into the growth of their hair or their feet. That's why their coats get kind of dingy. But more of the tropical weathers, um, I'll see a little bit more of the uh, foot growth. Um, but it does slow yeah, down, downside, like you said, yeah. and, um, and the seasonal. But basically, we're going to cut the, um, the excess growth out. And then the sole is um, basically keratin, like your fingernails. And as it grows out um, longer, um, those keratin uh, cells um, actually die off, and they start crumbling. And then that's where you see the farriers, um, if you ever watched one, they'll cut out the little uh, chips. We're not cutting into the sole. A lot of people ask me, can they feel it? No, they can't because it's all dead skins. It's just like you wiping your skin off. It's like get, you trimming your, yeah, it doesn't or, hurt when you take a pair of clippers and yeah. get your fingernail. So so you pair out that sole and you take out all the, uh, the dead uh, keratin. And then we trim around the outside. Now, where you see the people getting the flat rasp and the rasp, that's where you get the balance of the hoof. And then that's where it becomes really tricky. Because generally you want to look at a foot and you want to make it level. You want to make it flat so when they stand there, they're not like inside or outside, right. tipping forward or tipping back, and that's where you get the angles. Where some of it gets kind of tricky is you have to look at the pattern that runs into the um, coffin joint, which is just inside the hoof capsule. You have to look all the way up to the knee and up to the shoulder. So for the beginners, you have something that's called base wide and base narrow. 
So if you go from the shoulders looking at the front of the horse and you go straight down, if it is even, the horse is even, it should be, the feet should be directly underneath the shoulder. Sometimes they stand out a little bit wider, that's base wide, or they stand a little narrow, which narrow is more common within a lot of our more prestige breeds because of the breeding that comes into them. <coughs> um, so sometimes you need to work in that. And, you know, we tilt them a little bit and we um, balance them a little bit differently from the way their foot is uh, normally shaped to get that achievement. And that's what is called achieving the natural gait. And that's what obviously what your goal is. You want the horse to feel and, and, and be comfortable and yes. what, what is natural to him. Because um, obviously we've taken a lot of natural away with domesticating horses. So we exactly. want to make them as comfortable as we possibly can. And then, of course, the other part is if your horses are not bare feet, barefooted, then you would be doing the shoeing. I had if, if when you're trimming horses, their horses will wear their feet in a certain direction. You're always trying to make the hoof capsule and the foot go back under the bony column to support it. Exactly. So if you're, it's just like we, how we wear our shoes. Some people wear it to the outside or to the inside. Well, you eventually have to get a pair of new shoes so that you can, you can stand straight. So if you're flat-footed like me, so it's you're terrible. you're always <laughs> looking at the level balance and making sure that you're putting the foot back underneath the bony column. When you have a horse that has a shoe, you know, um, you tend to, when we pull those shoes off, we look at the wear in the shoe. Um, mm -hmm. Where the tricky part comes is the shoe will show us the wear. The foot is a little bit harder to look at and see um, where the level is. But um, with um, a little bit of experience, and I had a really good um, few different fairies I worked underneath that would really show it. And I had one that tells me, it's like, you know, anyone can tack on a shoe, it's getting that foot uh, balance and level is is the real Siding trick. Siding level's hard. Yes. yes. And, um, you know, when a horse flares out to his side or it's kind of the toe kind of rounds and the heel kind of comes in and you kind of get that little cup, you know, those are all indications of weight bearing. Um, believe it or not, you would think that where it's low is where it has most of the weight, but actually pressure, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Pressure will actually increase growth. So where there is more pressure, you will actually have more growth. And whether it's straight down or out to the side and a flare of the hoof, uh, we'll show where it loads. And based on the way it loads um, is what, once I get it flat, I will make minute changes. As you saw earlier, and there's some videos you took, um, you'll see where I'll kind of uh, shave off a little bit of that to get that natural balance. And I notice you take into consideration like the age of the horse, like for exactly. example with my horse, you know, you left a little bit more of a flare out <coughs> on, on his back foot because he needs that a bit more support. Whereas in a younger horse, you might have taken that off, but, but you wanted to keep that because he's older and he needs more. Well, well, he's a little bit older. He has probably some arthritis. He probably has some uh, pain in his hock. Um, we aren't going to do much correction for him. At that point, we just need to make him as comfortable as we can. A younger horse is a little bit more malleable. Um, we can kind of increase their uh, gaits. And basically, we want to try to make them as straight and balanced as we can so we don't run into those long-term injuries right. that we run into. So We are at, believe it or not, that was the fastest <laughs> like 10 minutes ever. We, we got to we got to go to yeah, break, got, unfortunately. But the good news on. is that we're going to have Matt back with us a whole bunch, and we're going to have lots of segments with him, even from the farm with horses, 
uh, live shoeing and trimming so that we can share all of this with you. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. We'll be right back. 